0: To all the wanderers, wanderers, free thinkers, and throwaway kids, welcome to the Dumpster Fire. Let's, Let's get, get dumpster, dumpster diving. Uh-huh. All right, everyone, we are back again. Hello, hello. Howdy, howdy. Yeah. The Viking, he's with us tonight. Hey, Elsa, Our cephalopod liaison to the deep. Hello. Mr. Justin. Hello. Your pyrotechnics and now food service expert, Brian, <laughs> here with you again. So... Clint, how are things going? oh fairly well. You got three little, three under two growing like pumpkins. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Twins are exhausting. Yes. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Clint has twins. Uh, I have cousins who are uh, mirror mm. twins. Oh, a yeah. mirror twin means one is right-handed, one is left. They're identical really? twins. Yeah. Oh, okay. I have talked to them about coming on. They're extremely interesting people, and they're a little nervous, but they seem yeah. the game. Yeah. They are listeners. That would be I interesting. I wonder if one's right brain to one's left brain, as far as how their personalities go. I, I don't know. That would I, be interesting. Yeah, it yeah. would be. They are a, they're very unique people though. They're really cool. So, yeah. Justin, how are things? Good. Good. Good Thanksgiving. Yeah. We're All good. three of them. Yeah. All three. <laughs> yeah. To three. Yeah. I uh, I reunited with my older sisters. This is the first time I have been with them at a, any holiday for fifteen years. Yeah, I've seen yeah. pictures. Yeah. So yeah. my. Uh, Nephew was there and he is a teenager and he was dressed exactly like me. Really? <laughs> Had round frame glasses, a Henley, and slacks. And I was that's like, awesome. Tisha, did he pick that himself? And she's like, yes. Like, <laughs> that's Dude. hilarious. And I was like, this is weird. The jeans, yeah. they, they, run <laughs> they reappear. Yeah. They pop up. So I'm really,
1: that's been a really cool thing. I am. I had a birthday last Tuesday, and I literally slept the entire day. It was amazing. That sounds like <laughs> a great present to yourself, Yeah, sir. yeah. That, yeah. Was, uh, that was my goal, and I succeeded.
0: Yeah, we had a hell week at work, actually kind of two, uh, where we had to do the Thanksgiving meal for our factory and stuff. And yeah. It was just wild. I mean, it wasn't bad, but you're just there late every day, yeah. and you don't realize how much that takes away from you. Uh, I got raging carpal
1: tunnel. My right hand is pretty much totally numb. How's that numb. doing? Still numb. Still no. Yeah, it is I'm really going to have bad. to work on you. We need to schedule an actual appointment. I'll yeah, work on you. I need that bad.
0: Uh, I had a friend of mine do the actual carpal tunnel stretching massage to try to stretch that tendon. Mm-hmm. I, did, I can't tell if it helped or if I'm just getting used to it at this point. Yeah.
1: So we need to. Uh, I've treated a lot of carpal tunnel over the years. And yeah. uh, with uh, 100% success. I've yeah. never it, been able on not...
0: It's just the narrowing there. I mean, even the surgery, what it does is it, t- it takes that tendon out of play.
1: To and give it that's more room. a Bad, bad surgery, because that tendon is there for a reason. It's <laughs> there it for a reason. <laughs> it is to hold all of your carpals together. Yeah, like, it connects to the main wrist. Bones and, uh, and they completely sever it. They just sever it. Like <clears> It's it improved over yeah. the years how they do it, but it's still the same idea. They're severing a, a major tendon yeah. that shouldn't be severed. Well, I do
0: believe, too, there was some bruising in my forearm, and just... It's. I figured that's some of the motions that do it: picking up pans and using that thumb.
1: Yeah. For all yeah, the strength that's is what one. Does it. And uh, yeah, then whipping. Uh, uh, every cook I've known um, ends up with carpal tunnel like sim- yeah, symptoms. Yeah, it hit me real yeah. fast, so hopefully we can get this sorted out. Uh, yeah. I'll. Uh, about it. <laughs> I felt a lot of stuff going on with your flexors in particular, so I'll yeah. have to work on you soon. We'll have to actually schedule a. You a, a session. Do it right. So. Yeah. So guys, again,
0: Aaron. Morticia Adams could not make it tonight, so we are again shelving that poor mead. <laughs> it's just looking at us. It's right yeah. up in the cabinet. It's, it's better aging. Yeah. So hopefully, yes, it is aging. We're gonna age it. It's gonna happen at the right time. guys. Yeah. So Michael, again, sorry, man. You, uh, maybe, maybe we'll have you here when we do. Yeah. That, that'd be a good. Yeah, that'd that'd cool. be a good be idea. Sweet. So, but tonight, Clint's request: four roses. Small exactly. Batch. Not Small Batch Select. It's just Small Batch. I did not realize there was a difference in the two until I saw the uh, two tags. They did not have Small Batch Select at all, but I asked why there were two prices on
1: this. Four Roses has won some competitions.
0: Okay, this is what I was going to bring up. When I first discovered Four Roses, it was actually because we used to work uh, the bourbon festival for piggies. This was my first like experience into food service. And uh, we worked the Bourbon Festival in Kentucky. But when we went there, we drove down the road, and there were just a line of people holding up protest signs. Yeah, that was the Four Roses company. Their workers were on strike. Yeah, protesting I, I because that. Kieran, a Japanese company, owns Four Roses now. Uh, Seagram's owned it before. Yeah, when Seagram's owned it, that I believe Four Roses was a blended whiskey. Really? When, when Kieran got it back, they went to the. Uh, Straight bourbon whiskey, so it's It's not blended anymore. Right. It is what it it's is. It's a Kentucky bourbon now. Yeah, so that's kind of cool they did that. I think the uh, the dispute with the workers was something about uh, vacation time and yeah. the stuff, they'd hey, accrued, stuff they did They were like probably it. trying to yeah. reset the slaves. Uh, Japanese I mean, are very... Very uh, work-oriented. Yes, Work yourself to death. What yes.
1: people don't realize, I, I read an article about this, one of the biggest uh, bourbon... or Areas that bourbon is growing in popularity is Japan. Yes, uh, they're yeah. taking their bourbon very they, seriously. They love
0: bourbon over there, yeah. and Four Roses is their number one selling bourbon of all time. Yeah. Well, and Clint, this is one of your favorites, right? Yes, it is. I I, I was inspired by you <clears throat> to pick up. This is a, this is not a cheap bourbon, guys. This is forty <laughs> to fifty bucks a bottle. When yep. you find and it small batches. Yeah, uh, small batch select is about ten more. It looked like I've not cool. seen a bottle of small batch select yet. But guys, cool. let's uh, let's go ahead and do it. See what we think. Super neutral. Yeah. It's smooth. It's good. Got a good finish.
1: Yeah. A little Very sour. A little creamy. Yeah. It's a little sour. More sour than I think the basic four roses
0: are. That's what I was going to say. I'm
1: actually a little disappointed because
0: I like the basic four roses better than the small batch. Yep. Okay. Well, this is also uh-huh. distilled at 90 proof. I think oh, the basic so it's a four roses is probably yeah. 80. 80. So, yeah, yeah, it's probably a little more.
1: What yeah, Yeah. a little amount. fire to it. I've
0: got these giant uh, square ice cubes now. That I bought when I was on like vacation it. in Florida, yeah. and they are so nice because we oh. can sit here and chat. Because we'll get we'll get stuck talking for an hour before we start recording. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, like, yeah. oh shoot, we oh, should are we ready? There mm-hmm. we go. 40 minutes later, we're finally kicking yeah. it off. So it used yeah. to be, sometimes I'd have to dump out the ice twice yeah. <laughs> before we ever got started. Oh, yeah. And these huge ice cubes, they don't, they don't melt and, that
1: at uh, all. And I, I like the way uh, they chill the, the bourbon because mm-hmm. uh, they don't water it down yeah. nearly as much. Nearly as much. It's not as fast. You get a good uh, <laughs> couple minutes to drink your glass instead of a couple yeah. of seconds. I'm a sipper, so mm-hmm. that's a huge benefit for me. Yep. So guys, we,
0: uh, we had discussed this. We mm-hmm. actually did do a little foreplanning. We talked about wanting to kind of Get a little more into, like, the weird, odd things that are going on in the world lately. But we also don't have our full crew tonight, and we didn't formalize anything, so we're going to do another free dive. We're just going to talk kind of what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Justin was discussing having a pretty wild dream. Yeah. Uh, so is Clint. Yeah. My dreams have not been fun. Uh, I will consistently wake up and reach over for Ella mm-hmm. and then realize, oh, She's not there, no, yeah. life yeah. is uh, different
1: now. So Yeah. That's been uh, kind of the only dreams I remember. Well, you've lived so long as a pair, I can't imagine the uh, small adjustments you've had to make. Because I I actually uh, had a customer when I worked at a gas station. Um, A little old lady, she'd come in with her husband every day, and I waited on her for years and years. And then one day, her husband wasn't with her, and I asked her where he was. Because I'd never seen him apart, and he had passed away. He'd got diagnosed with cancer and was dead a week later. Yeah. Like, he was eight up. Not uncommon for the old <laughs> right. yeah, schoolers he, that he are was, like, it'll be fine yeah, after tomorrow. He was one of those guys, never... And this guy built houses for <laughs> uh, homes for humanity. He was actually in South America and hurt his back. He was building a house. Well, he didn't hurt his back. He had tumors on his spine. Yeah. And uh, he went... Well, she was like the oddest things. She was like, I realized I've never unlocked my own door yeah. in fifty years of marriage. I've never unlocked my own front door because he always unlocked it. Yep. Like she's like the first time I had to do it. Like I, I kind of was in shock because I didn't really know how to unlock my own door. <laughs> She's like, cause I'd never had to, I'd yeah, never pump my own gas. Little things you don't think about. Yeah. yeah. She's like, you live as a partner for so long, you don't realize the small things they do. Yep. So I can't imagine. And you're pulling through like a champ. Um, mm-hmm. yep. And you know, you've got people here for you. So yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. been, uh,
0: like I said, that's probably the, the one of the harder things about it, right? Is that that first time you go through anything like this, everybody shows up, yeah. And you get the best of them. You know, you yeah. get the uh, you get the Facebook profile version of them. Yeah. But then if you have to lean on them,
1: you, you yeah. just never know That's who's really be there. That's when you find out yeah. who's really there. There's very and, few. And it's so weird because when something like that happens, I lost my mother in 2018. The shock. Uh, of it is so drastic when it's that life-changing that it's not in that moment that you need the people around it's right. in the months later when everyone's already scattered yeah and yeah. everyone that said oh i'm there for you they went back to their lives yeah, and
0: yeah. you just can't and you can I, i've known this forever mm-hmm. I, I consider myself an expert in trauma because of my career and stuff but you you'll fatigue someone out yeah, and you'll find out real quick who has that resilience. I mean, I know that Ella and I both had that because we did it for years yeah. and years he on did it end. For and we heard the most insane things you've ever yeah. heard happen. Yeah, we we got that comment a lot. Like, I could never do what you do. I'm like, I I finally started to kind of understand that when yeah. I started to burn out towards the end. Yeah. I was like. Yeah, yeah, I see why some people just immediately are like, "No, this is like yeah, all over yeah. my personal boundaries and messing me up." Yeah,
1: so. and uh, I, I attempted <clears throat> to do a similar work to you, and I, I. I took it all to heart. Mm-hmm. I, I worked for a facility called Maryhurst in Louisville for a short while dealing with troubled teenage girls. Yeah. And you would read these files, and you just want to ball your eyes out. Yeah. Like, you just want to save them all. And you know that you can't. You know that your hands are tied. You can make yep. just the slightest difference in their life. Yep. And it, it never feels like enough. And I couldn't do it for long term. I didn't. You did know when for, can't do everything for somebody. Yeah. You just can't. You can't. Uh-huh.
0: Right. Yeah, it's with uh, that. Was one of the craziest things about what Ella did. She actually was early on in that uh, program through the state to help teenagers just age out and become adults. And yeah. that was just a huge void that she saw because she would get upset and be like, You're going to turn 18, and what are we going to do? So we yeah. still talk to kids that we're yeah. not in
1: her program but that we had back then. And that's the thing they age out of the system and the state just says, "Well, good luck." Yeah. So that was her <laughs>
0: program so she pioneered it. So she really saw her her that's boss was the one that started it, her direct boss for the, the majority of when she did that. It's called collaborative care. And uh, she got to see it. Like she she could tell pretty quick like, "Hey, this kid's going to make it." Yeah. Like they've they've checked out of that life and they're going into a new life and she was she's like, "You're their guide." Yeah. It's the biggest success feeling you can ever have. Yeah. And then other kids it was like they they're never the gonna change. The they don't want to. They want to go back to that life yeah. of like they want to repeat what they were traumatized by. And that's yeah. so weird. I mean it, I will never but understand that. When
1: you don't when you don't know anything else, you kind of rely on what you do know. Yeah. And a lot of these kids never were given any kind of uh any kind of guidance to any other kind of life. I mean, I know kids that at 16 were saying, I know I'm going to go to jail. I know I'm going to go to prison because that's how you're in your stripes in my family. Like every male figure they've ever had in their life did prison time. And that's that's like a good thing in their eyes. That's a
0: big thing that uh, Professor Oliver would talk about. He said uh, the streets were an alternative socialization model for young African-American men. And he also (laughs) did a lot of work. And he said, what was his quote? Uh, when the black community catches a cold, the white community catches a fever. And he compared the crack epidemic to the opioid epidemic yeah. and the meth epidemic. And he yeah. said, it's all the same. Yeah. Poverty is poverty. He was very yeah. right. He's he's a very, very intelligent guy. He's probably, gosh,
1: he might be retired now. And that, that's the thing, is the one thing that affects crime rate, across the board, doesn't matter nation, nationality, ethnicity, anything, is poverty. Yep. That yep. is the one thing. um people want to attribute it to other things but you got to fix the poverty first yeah um, and people <clears throat> talk about well they need to just pull themselves up by their bootstraps but a lot of times that's not possible there's such thing as being too poor to work you can't afford the clothes that's required for yeah. the uh, for the, the the rules So, so can
0: this is super random this happened to me today. I'm in a random Facebook meme group, but it's servers. And they yeah, they always kinda exchange memes and talk about that. they I'm I mean, I was a server before, I was a delivery driver before, I'm a chef now, I'm in this field, so I get it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I see this stuff. And one of these girls was like, Hey, I feel so weird doing this, but we just got off a two weeks layoff for COVID well as a server. Yeah. She didn't get anything. That means you don't have any money. She literally didn't get anything. I made 600 bucks last two weeks. She's like, I need to get to work today. I, I'm allowed to go back. If anyone can give me $10 for gas, I will pay you back. Yeah. And I was like, $10. A bunch of people were like, hey, you got a Venmo. You got a Cash App. Well, you can send money directly on uh, Facebook, Facebook now, yeah. which is instantaneous and free. So Facebook is killing that game. Yeah. It, I, I can use it. Anyone that wants to get on the group, <laughs> I'll explain how to do it. It's fantastic. But I sent her I sent her 20 yeah. and was like, don't ever pay me back. Don't worry about this. And she yeah. was like, oh, my gosh, thank just you. Just help the next person. And then I, I literally said to her, I said, you know what? I hope you got enough money from all of us to go do something fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that just stuck out to me so bad. I was mm-hmm. like, man, I, do, I did come from a time of epic poverty, heating the house with the, the yeah. stove and being evicted and everything. You guys were both around for that, but yeah. not quite. Yeah. I I grew, I grew up in the same situation. Yes, though. My my mom worked all the time, but she was a stay-at-home mom too, so she was doing like house cleaning and stuff like that. And we, yeah. I mean, we made ends meet. I never went hungry. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I never got extras or anything like that. There was we never I I never went on vacations. We, I yeah. never, I mean, yeah. my fun was playing in the yard, you know. Yeah. I, I didn't have same. the toys. Yeah. I didn't have anything like that. Um, and you're talking about that, and I understand both sides. And the problem is, is uh, I was talking about this on Facebook here about a day or two ago, is we're too polar in, in our society these days. Um, yes, the, the drug problem is a, a very prominent in, in lower class people. Yep. But the problem with lower class people is, is you've got two dichotomies there. And generally, the ones that are trying real hard to make it are not the ones that end up having the substance abuse problems. It's the the ones that want to coast through life and get the easy way out. And so you get one side seeing only this, and you get the other side seeing only that, when it's both. Mm-hmm. Um, we have programs available to help people. Some of those aren't enough. Some of those go way too far. Yeah. Uh, I think we just kind of really need to revamp the system and really yeah. take a hard look at how to actually help people get to where they need to be. Well, and how our, to be equitable our, with our
1: society views the drug epidemic in a completely wrong way. I mean, you look at how the Nordic uh, countries are dealing with it. They've gotten it down since 2010. They've gotten it down to a 2% recidivism rate. That's insane. We're at a 96% yeah. recidivism rate. That means if I was arrested today with an illegal drug, uh, legal substance, I have a 96% chance in my lifetime of being arrested again for that same substance. Mm-hmm. They're down to a 2%, almost the exact inverse of us. Yeah. And how they did it was... <laughs> They didn't decriminalize, but if you get arrested for amount under dealing, uh, Mm -hmm. essentially, for 17 different substances, they made a list of 17 different substances that are considered addictive, you immediately are put into a state-ran... facility for rehabilitation you have to hit all the markers to get out of that program and then once you're out you are then uh, put in a program to work your debt to society off you're sent out to build roads and pick up trash and all Mm -hmm. that well, then, they, while you're doing that, you have housing through the state, and then once you graduate that program, when you've paid off your debt to society, they offer you a fucking job. They offer yeah. you a job they just spent six months training you for. Well, so now you have, uh, you have gainful employment, you have housing, and... So the way we approach it, if I get arrested, and even if I'm only put in for 48 hours and then released on my own or cognizance, most jobs, if I just no-called, no-showed for 48 hours, I've just lost my job. you lost I had your a job, job, you're gone. So and then, then I'm going to lose my housing. Yep. Yeah, I've got it on my record, it's going to be harder to find another job, and I've just lost my housing because I have no money, yep. and I've already proven how I deal with stress in life is by using the substance, mm-hmm. so you're telling me to not go reoffend. (laughs) Like literally stripping me of anything I have, and then saying, "Oh, good luck!" Like that doesn't even make sense. And
0: and our justice system is set up in such a weird way to actually hobble people. Yeah, Uh, it's punitive. Yeah, it is. You do stuff like you're talking about. That's going to, you you know, you've got you've got a small problem, and the way they handle it actually usually turns it into a big problem. Yeah. 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 Most of the people I know that turned into hardcore. addicts of some sort or another started out in their teenage years and they would get popped for little stuff yeah. and they would get in so much trouble for the little thing yeah. that it would screw their life up completely yep. yeah. and they would end up not being able to do anything with their life. They get depressed. They go into further things. <laughs> yeah, So we, and then it, it, even beyond that, the uh, growing up in a small town, living in a small town most of my life. And I'm sure it has to be the same way, even in bigger cities, because cities are broke down with districts. Once you've been arrested and the cops know who you are, they
1: come. They look, look for you because they, they
0: suspect that you're going to have that drug. So yeah. they will find a reason, and that's the problem with our our, our law enforcement now is they can find a reason. Yeah. They don't have to see you do something. They can make up something yeah. that they think you might have done. I
1: mean, in the state of Indiana, having a Grateful Dead sticker on your car is probable cause to be searched.
0: Oh, yeah. well, man, I have a wild story about this. <laughs> this was probably 2003, maybe. It's a long time ago. Yeah. Well, I had a Rage Against the Machine sticker. Don't yeah. like the guys now. Liked them back then. They were great. And it was I an upside down black and white American yeah. flag. Yeah. Right. And... Uh, I think that I it had another part that I it didn't go on or it went on crooked so I took it off. Yeah. So I'm driving my car. It's a piece of crap grand Am, but it's not. like There's nothing wrong with it. It's yeah. I had insurance. It was legal. Uh, through Westport, we went and saw a guy that lived out there in the middle of town and we were leaving and I got pulled over and I'm like, oh, this is weird. I didn't, like I'm doing like 20 and yeah. the speed limit through town is like 25. So I just wait. I'm a kid but I'm not dumb at this point, you know. I've, I've been around enough. I've been broke and poor, and yeah. I've been through some stuff. And this cop comes up and just says, "Like get out of the car right now!" And I'm like, "He's got to have me mistaken for somebody else." So I'm, yeah. I'm like, "Okay, okay, no problem." You know, I had a, another guy with me, and he got out. And we go around the back of the car, and this guy's like, "Look through there." He didn't ask if he could look in my car or anything. No. Him and his partner start just digging stuff out of my car, yeah. and I'm like, "Hey, is there something wrong?" Yeah. And he gives me this big lecture about the flag on the back of my car. I was like, that's a band sticker. It's like, and my dad's a Vietnam veteran. Yeah. Right. So I don't know what you're thinking. Yeah. And then I see the other guy taking this Phillips head screwdriver and like looking at the end of it and smelling it. And I'm like, it's a Phillips head screwdriver, you know, for Phillips head screws. Yeah. And at that point I was like, I don't know why that messed with me so badly because I knew I'd done nothing wrong. And I'm a kid. You know yeah. what I mean? A poor kid. Yeah. And I just was pissed, and I was like, "We didn't even tell you you could look in there. Like, what are yeah. you looking for?" Yeah. yeah. And what he was They're doing was, he was thing. dead convinced they could find something to do with marijuana or something. I used no. I was yeah. a, a pretty much straight edge until I was nineteen. And so yeah. there I, was nothing like.
1: I that. I got in a bit of trouble, um, actually, with this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, over some bullshit that we really did not partake in, yep. which got me on probation. And from that point on, I could not drive through town without being pulled over. Yeah. Um, yeah. My brother and I, my brother was driving. We were, he was out of the vehicle pumping gas at South Swifty. And this cop that was harassing us, he eventually was kicked off the force for planting evidence on his ex. I yep. know exactly uh, who you're talking uh, about. I he the literally pulled pizza. us over. <laughs> Nash had already pumped $5 in gas and he pulled us over. And he's like, get the, back in the car get the fuck back in the car he's like dude you can't pull me over i'm not moving yeah. like i'm pumping gas and so we get in the car he gets up to the window he pulls the gas pump out of our car slams it and it's like get out of the car after he just told us <laughs> to get back in we were both working at papa john's we were poor and uh we were living on old pizzas essentially <laughs> we had three old pizzas stacked up in the back seat we were taking home for dinner and uh, he literally was so hell-bent on finding something, he put his hands on our pizza, lifted them up, left them all a mess, like tore our pizza up, and never found... And we're like, literally, you pull us over, one of us, at least three or four times a week. Yeah. Like, you think we're stupid enough to have anything on mm-hmm. us, even if we were doing something? Yeah. Like, we're not that dumb. Like, and he was like, well, we're going to get you. We're going to get you. Um, It's insane. And uh, we filed a complaint. And it wasn't two months later, uh, he had arrested another one of my friends saying she was at her house on her phone with her boyfriend for like four hours. She's a teenager. Talking to her boyfriend. Gets a knock at the door. He's at the door saying a 911 call had been made from that house. She's like, that's not possible. I've been on the phone for four hours. This is back in home phone days. Yeah. And uh, he was like, oh, well, I have to search (laughs) to make sure emergency is not happening. Found a half drink beer on her table. Uh, she hadn't drank it. One of her friends had drank Have a Beer before he left. And he charged her with underage drinking. He got off, the, kicked off the force a week after that. So all of his spending mm-hmm. arrest like yeah, got thrown we out. We have of just found one. the rabbit hole. That yeah. We're going to go down today. <laughs> Justice. Uh, I know
0: exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, I worked yeah. with his wife. Really? His wife. It, it, his it, She was his ex at the Is time. she the one that he planted on? Yes. Really? She told me that he had planted this stuff on her. She was very... Now I understand that she was very neurotic and high strung because of domestic violence. Yeah. But at the time, I just thought, man, she's got to be like using or something. I never saw this woman do anything illegal. She was not a big partier. She was a really good worker. She helped us out a lot. Uh, shout out to Pizza Hut and delivering pizzas. We've yeah, all done it. It's yeah. one of the best jobs I've ever had. Yeah. Like it was my introduction into food service and yeah. I I It is not, day, a bad job. It's not a bad job. You will live off of pizza job. if yeah. you're not, you know, yeah. set there. But anyway, she had told me all these things, okay? What transpires here that Justin's talking about is he was kicked off the force and arrested. Now the reason all this happened was not anything local. It was not like an IA thing. Uh, this goes back to Purdue Pharmaceutical. Really? Dumping OxyContin yeah. through wow. all of these doctors. Yeah. And they ended up in Appalachia, but one of the places they ended up heavily
1: was here. Yeah, in, in Squire. then Country actually, Squire Lakes. So I, you know, I knew the connection. Um, mm-hmm. um, she was the largest. Yes, uh, and
0: we can openly tell you any of this because I can put Up in the group, the link uh-huh. to lever yeah, right? versus yeah. the state. And I actually yeah. think it was the feds, it was the feds. This yeah. is a federal charge. So, what yeah. happened is the feds started looking at hey, we're getting all these overdoses, all this stuff's weird, heroin's yeah. not on the streets. Why are we seeing this in these yeah. small towns? Yeah, yeah. They um, went to this doctor who was set up in I believe Indianapolis. Yeah, well, they sent an agent in as a uh, Pain clinic guy, and he recorded everything. Now the Liebervitz case that I have, the, the, a lot of it at the start is his defense trying to argue that they had a right to privacy in the waiting room. Yeah, but they lost that.
1: Yeah. So therefore,
0: they were allowed to get all of his records. Right. He was prescribing lethal doses. Yeah. Of OxyContin. Now, right. here's the scary part: Purdue Pharmaceutical was encouraging this to happen. They had yeah. said that OxyContin was pain not
1: bonuses they were paying doctors bonuses every time they wrote a script. They have to, to,
0: yes. And the way I understand this is I've talked to some nurses and stuff and they said, no, no, no. The reps can't give us money. Yeah. But they can give you a car or (laughs) take you out to dinner all the time or... Uh, The Connect I know who
1: was arrested in 2001, Mm -hmm. uh, the year I graduated high school. She had four doctors. Yes. All, uh, I actually witnessed two script pads in her home she had bought those off of said doctors yeah (laughs) and they were the doctors were making as much money as she was yeah like they were very much involved they knew exactly what was happening this went down all the way to broward
0: county florida when i worked in scott county i could have drawn you a map to the guys that were funneling and at the time it was oxymorphone yeah oxymorphone is mm-hmm. rare that's called opana opana yeah, yeah. Uh, post dates oxycontin when they did the tamper proof with oxycontin and started watching it the yeah. smarter scammy doctors went to opana yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and opana to, is oxy's big ugly brother yes it, it is much yeah, oxymorphone stronger. it didn't last yeah, very and
0: long. They, but, uh, man it was bad yeah they uh had found out how to cook the uh i think 200 degrees would cook the time release out yeah, so they were shooting it too. Can that's why you had the do HIV it with epidemic. a microwave and some water. That's yeah. that's that's what yeah. I was told. I actually got a kid out of there and I told him that the only way I thought he him and his girlfriend were going to make it was to get out of Scott County and he moved to Jackson. And this I mean they hated me. You know, that's yeah. part of that job, but finally when they were like clear of their friends and stuff, he's like, "Man, he told me all the dirt of Scott County. He's yeah. like, "I I didn't you don't have to buy drugs there. Your friends will just come yeah. over with them.
1: Yeah. Full disclosure, I'm a, I am was a functioning yeah. addict. I was addicted to Oxycontin. I w- always functioned. I mm-hmm. was never stealing or lying. I, most people didn't even know. Because um, uh, I wasn't a, what I consider a junkie. I yeah. always had a job. Um, I was very boring as an addict, I realized. Uh, because as long as I had a pill and a good book, I didn't leave the house except for work. So
0: like, most of the opioid addicts that I know that don't have like this serious trauma Mm -hmm. and end up getting into like the deep depressive attempting to overdose phase yeah yeah. Uh, they're productive it's the guys that got bad on meth that you just they're a different person after six months and they look different and they just can't keep their shit together and I think it's that same type of mentality uh, uh, rift there that I was talking about earlier yeah you get the ones even the ones that do the drugs and need them for day to day but have that gumption to keep going that drive Yeah. yeah never really have the major problems it's the yeah. ones that wallow in it and just keep going further well, down until they smack there's the there's a
1: moment you give up and i was almost to that point yeah, um, Absolutely, i felt it happening i felt myself making choices that I would never make right. uh, yeah. like I could, I was battling with myself like, <sighs> Oh, I don't have to pay that bill this month. I, I need to get yeah. high so I don't feel like shit. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you slowly, it's a <clears> slow <throat> process. People think you just do an Oxycontin and you're an addict. No, it, for me, it was a very, it was a it was several years long process. Yeah. I mean, I tried Oxycontin the first time when I was 16, I got clean when we lived in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, i I' sit- one the and I can't describe the hell it is, like anyone who's never been an addict i I cannot explain yeah. to you how m- you feel dead inside that's and yeah. a- in your entire body. Is railing against you like you spasm? You you're sick as a dog both ends. It was eight days of literal hell. Like it's either gonna kill me or I'm going to like yeah. get clean, like because that's what it feels <sighs> like. It literally feels, it feels like, like you're, you're dying. Mind. Yeah,
0: and your 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 mindset your your endocrine system gets disrupted. Yeah, we were. Uh, it either started just before we we roomed together for the first time back in our late teens, early twenties, yeah. or just before, uh, or just before or during the closest I ever came to something like that, uh, about a year and a half, two years. I never got as far off into it as Oxycontin, but yeah. I was doing a lot of, a lot of opioids. And I remember the day and I didn't realize how bad it had gotten. It's a slow process. Yeah. And I've always worked hard. I've, I've been working for money, cash in my hand since I was 12 years old. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and I've never considered myself a layabout i'm always up and doing you know what i mean i go 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 and i just didn't realize how bad it had gotten until one day i was i just started out i had some i got my freaking wisdom teeth pulled my top yeah. wisdom teeth pulled and at the time this was before the legend drug act kicked in yep i got a 90 day prescription of hydro uh, hydrocodones for two wisdom teeth being pulled. Yeah. A 90-day prescription. <laughs> <Yeah. for> a <laughs> and what Even I now, You get a seven-day, if that. Yeah. Right. Uh... I mean that's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, they were just pushing them. Uh, yeah, and uh, I mean at the time we were fairly poor. He was going to college, and I was working at some local factory, yeah. and we were making ends meet, but we weren't. I mean I we weren't killing it or anything like that. Third
1: shift and going to school, first shift. Like, yeah, he's So that. I mean, yeah. it's burning that candle about well, like yeah.
0: a, like a lot of young guys. We weren't killing it or anything like that. And when I got that many pills, I'm, I remember saying to him when I brought, when I brought the first script home that you know I was like well. I'll, take 10 of these or so for the pain over the next few days. We'll sell the rest. And we got yeah. rent covered for next month. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it just didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, I ended up taking them. And then I was like, oh, you know, and I saved them back. It's not yeah. like I took 90 days in 90 days or 60 days. I mean, yeah. it, it took like, it took six months for me to take those 90 days. Yeah. But then when those were up, yeah, I went and found some more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I remember it was probably about a year and a half later. I, I remember the day I remember Walking out of my Walking out of my bedroom First thing of course You always use bathroom But uh, aside from using the bathroom The first thing I did Was walk into the computer desk Crush the seven, 7.5 yeah. Oxycodone And snort it yeah. And I remember sitting there About 10 minutes later Smoking a cigarette Feeling that buzz And I just sat straight up In the chair And was like What the fuck did I just do Yeah yep. it all hit I was like once. seriously The first thing I thought of When I woke up yeah, was snorting a pill, I and did I didn't. I, I didn't do anything. I didn't do. I didn't even swallow an opioid for five years. Yeah, yeah. It was from that point. I knew how close I was to falling over that edge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As soon as that realization hit me, and I didn't even swallow and a pill. I don't care how much pain one, I was in for five years. One of the
1: things that I I I see, but how what makes it so easy for the people that are working hard and still barely making it. It makes your day go by much, much easier. Oh, you got to work a double. That is exactly
0: what it, I was told by someone that it, I will never name, and you would never, ever in your life have expected this person to ever even, even touch a drug. Yeah. And what she said was, oh, yeah, you take a uh,
1: Hydro 10,
0: and your day just goes by so fast, and everything's great. Yeah. And I, I always called you it a shortcut to happiness. It, yeah, it, is.
1: it truly is. What? And, uh... It's so easy to fall in that trap because... It's, I mean, you get into a rut real easy when you're working all the time and you have nothing to look forward to, really. Especially when you're in that poverty level yeah. where you're working all the time. putting yeah. as many hours and in you as you can. You don't to. realize
0: how many pains, yeah. aches and pains, just regular aches and pains that and you don't have to feel yeah. when you're doing and stuff like they're that gone. Day.
1: Once they're gone, you... Speaking
0: of this right now, I've been talking to you guys. I talked about it earlier. Justin's been working on my hand. I now have developed brutal carpal tunnel in the right and it's coming on in the left because i'm
1: overusing the left now i really th- think a large portion of it is in your shoulders still exactly. uh you are incredibly protected. i had a i did have a shoulder surgery on the right arm yeah i got in a wreck and it blew and up so i that, that felt i, I, I felt your, your shoulder through. uh prior to that and i felt scar tissue yeah um i can feel the scar tissue yeah it's pretty blatant so when i
0: had the uh, the shoulder surgery we went I think I may have mentioned this in the near-death experiences. May have been too far after. Uh, When I had the shoulder surgery, he goes, oh, it'll probably be four incisions, but the most it could be is eight. Yeah. And I had seven. Yeah. And he said the labrum tear was way bigger than they expected. Yeah. It was uh, all, the whole top of the labrum. I've seen yeah. the pictures. You ripped off. your labrum <laughs> off. Oh, I ripped so the whole shoulder true. out of joints. What yeah. I did, it just went
1: back in. Yeah. So it was kind of back yep. in there. Yeah. And Whip like, flashed fine. out and back yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. you the damage. With sir. That. Yeah. And the problem with that is is to heal soft tissue, it requires rest, ice compression, and elevation. Problem with a shoulder injury is you're never going to fully rest it. Never. There's not, it's not a way. possible. It moves seven different yeah. ways. Yeah, if it's you're insane. working or living, unless you just take a month off and put it in a sling, mm-hmm. it, you're never going to fully well, rest it. Well, the
0: injury I had when I saw it too, uh, the labrum itself is cartilaginous. It's yeah, it's like lines, yeah. like long strands yeah. that yeah. make a, a circle basically. Yeah, and it looked like you had <laughs> taken a. Uh, like something that was knitted, you know, something sewn. Yeah. Where, like, yeah. let's say you have a like a name embroidered on a shirt, you know, yeah, and you just split it open. Yeah. It was it was like frayed out, and there yeah. were all these. Loose like yeah. lines, yeah. floating. Yeah. Those and were all collagen fibers, yeah. just floating. Yeah, and he he said that because they were thinking they'd have to do tenetomy tenotomy and all this stuff. And he's like, "Your bicep tendon's perfect." I'm like, "Yeah," because this was an impact. It was one thing. Yeah, it wasn't. I threw a football for three years and yeah, tore my shoulder right. up. It yeah. was all at once. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm gonna tie this all back together. <laughs> I'm going to tie it back together, guys. You've heard the personal stories for what Purdue Pharmaceutical has done to this community. Purdue Pharmaceutical killed some of my friends. Yeah. uh, Legitimately killed them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, With their non-addictive drug. Now, they were fucking about. They were crushing pills up and stuff. And But even, I'll tell you what, I've seen some guys that didn't know back in the day, someone would give them like a 40 or an 80 milligram Oxycontin, and it would just, they'd be, they'd think they were dying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh my God, like, what'd you give me? Uh, well, yeah. I had a, a, a buddy of mine that I grew up with, not too far down the road from mm-hmm. me, and he was like 17 when he passed away. Yeah, and I mean, he'd done some stupid stuff. We're all teenagers, but he'd never taken oxy before, and he'd been drinking at a party, and somebody gave him an oxy 40. Yeah, yeah. and he it. just took, uh, first time ever he took
1: one, and he fell asleep. Had he and aspirated done one and or died. the other? Had he just done the oxy or just drank the tequila? uh he would have survived that night. Yep. The, the combination. And Oxy, the big thing that kills a lot of people with Oxy is taking benzos, because they start to come down off the Oxy, so they take a benzo, like Xanax mm-hmm. or Valium, and it slows their heart rate down so much it just stops. That's it, yeah. Uh, so...
0: Benzos are the new blight. And benzos and alcohol are the only two things that you can die from withdrawals from. Yeah. Which is
1: terrifying. And the funny thing is, that's what I started on. At 15, I was given a prescription of not just Xanax, uh, Xanobars uh, With school buses <laughs> And within a month I was snorting them And uh, abusing them man. And Ooh. when I came off them I didn't know at the time There was no Google at the time I didn't know it could kill you Coming off of them They were giving me seizures Coming off of them But I mm-hmm. could feel the seizure coming on So I'd just get up Go to the bathroom Seize out Clean myself up Come right back out Like oh, nothing wow. happened Well kids Maybe It's you the best either. time you'll
0: ever have That you'll never remember Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. I, I always
1: called it Time traveling for dummies because yeah. no matter how little you do, it's going to erase your memory. Um, there's a, a, a good portion of my life that I don't remember because of benzos. And yeah. I got off the benzos and then got put on probation. I couldn't smoke weed. I was a pothead. And I was like, well, I want to get high. And someone was like, have you tried Oxycontin? And I'm <laughs> like, no. Pretty <laughs> I'm like, I did, a, I did like three milligrams the first time and was like, this is heaven. <laughs> I'm like I'm just going to do from the producers of the five-legged chicken. <laughs> yeah. Right, there you
0: go. So uh what happened with uh, the officer in mention that was absolutely doing the things that yeah. were said. I yeah, am yeah. full of doubt with this lady, but I trust her. I mean, I just you got to be a skeptic with yeah. everything in life yeah. until You got to be skepticism is the chastity of a well-trained mind. That's yeah. wonderful, my man. And uh so Levervitz case is going on. Nobody knows this. It's a federal case. Yeah. yeah. Well, they have realized that there's a woman selling all these pills that are yeah. getting prescribed to her out of CSL, so they're actively watching her. They're actively doing buys. Yeah. He pulls someone over and plants drugs on them. Now, this is the story secondhand, but I do believe it's rather accurate because it bears out yeah. at the end of everything that happened. He plants drugs on this individual in an arrogant fashion, who then says, you idiot, I'm a fed.
1: Oh. <laughs> when you do something like that to a fed, it's a different set that's, of rules. Yeah, Beautiful. that's great. If you even,
0: uh, guys, this is sage advice, but if you have a federal agent talking to you, something big is going on, Don't you just don't even need to talk to them. Yeah. Unless it's something like you witnessed a crime that you need them to know this information. If you don't know why they're talking to you, don't talk. Because you could say, oh, on Tuesday I went to the grocery store, and they look, and actually on Wednesday you went to the grocery store. Innocent mistake. That's a crime. Yeah. To lie to a fed. Yeah. So he was actually uh, removed. I do believe they tried to put him on desk duty for a while, and then they came back in and said absolutely no.
1: I actually (laughs) heard, uh, this is very much like third, fourth hand. Yeah. I was told that he is a cop again in another county. That's what huh. I've been told. Well,
0: there's very lax, we were talking about this the other day, there are very lax standards on what it can mean to be deputized as a sheriff. Uh, as, a, <sighs> as a massive libertarian, like, as yeah. a person that realizes how chaotic the world is and how futile us trying to make order of it, it yeah. often is. Yeah. I, I agree with that a little bit. Like, there are guys that I would deputize that don't fit the physical requirements or anything else, but they might be very intelligent
1: people. This is my issue, though. If you've been a police officer, I think officers of the state or the county Mm -hmm. or someone who is there to serve the public, if you violate that code, I think you should be held to a higher standard. A higher, yes. I I think it should be more of a crime. If you're a cop and break the law, I think you should be charged with an extra crime for breaking your oath. Right. That and make it to where you can never be a cop again. Because that is bullshit that someone who planted <sighs> drugs yeah. on someone could just go to the county over after seven years it falls off his background check.
0: And then and go.
1: he's a cop again. The problem
0: with letting him be a cop again is is I understand giving people second chances. Okay. Yeah, yeah he was a douchebag, did a lot of stuff he shouldn't have done for a lot of years, got caught if he legitimately tries to turn himself around I can understand the the sentimentality of trying to let him have his job back but the problem is even if he does his job to the letter of the law for the rest of his life all anybody has to say is, is that wasn't in my car yeah there's yeah, that, that. He's, he's, and that's yes, the thing. That's the once you've broken
1: right that vow, that oath, I think that should mean something. Yeah, oh, um, it absolutely uh, should. I, I think it should definitely mean something. And once that vow, you can't ever hold that person to the same standard. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, like you said, there's always going to be that hint of doubt there. Yeah. And you've broken the oath once, like that, you should only get one shot at that. If we're putting if you have the ability to take someone's life. In the name of the law, um, then you should be held to a different standard. Yeah, um, you just should, uh, because <laughs> that shouldn't be held lightly. Uh, right. If you have the ability to take away a citizen's freedom, I mean that—that's my number one thing. That Let me even, be free. That's I'm, even more. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. The
0: take away your freedom to me is even more. We can all. Potentially have a self-defense situation yeah. and take someone's yeah. life. Oh, absolutely. You and I, we could citizens arrest someone. That's yeah. not going to stick. Yeah. I could be pulled over by an officer who thinks, oh, you're that redheaded guy and yeah. spend 48 hours
1: in jail. Find out it's not the person he thought. And yeah, there's no recourse. Found not guilty, but you've done time. Mm-hmm. Your freedom was taken away for, for that 48, 48 hours. And job. I may have lost my job. Yeah. They may you have been have like, lost, Hey, we know you're especially saying you're innocent, if you're though, living on that poverty line yeah. where you're living paycheck to paycheck, forty eight hours can be the difference of you making rent. Right. I mean oh, it yeah. really can. If, Absolutely. And that's if you an, don't
0: have a very secure job. Yeah, it's yeah. your job's gone.
1: Yeah. And, and it doesn't make sense that we put people uh, in that level of power and don't hold them to a different standard and we don't hold them to a high enough standard to get that position in my mind. Right. I say make it a four year fucking degree. Yeah. And that will weed out a good quarter of the just. Yeah. I, I did military time and <laughs> I, I still want to be military, so I'm going right. to be a cop. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I do have the yeah. education
0: for that. I actually have a, my, my degree is criminal justice minor in psych. I have a major in psych. And I almost think that, that
1: that is the perfect degree for yeah. it. I think it should be criminal justice and psychology. Yep.
0: Like, but you also have to have the people out there willing to actually get into the grit. Yeah. yeah, when you work in a lot of like office position type, yeah. sen- uh degrees. Brian being the exception, but most people that go for psych degrees are not the, you know, six foot, two fifty rough and tumble guys. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you end up with a lot of guys that would just kind of cower behind the car while the criminal shot a bunch of people and took off. I would rather have
1: someone less trigger happy in that position than more trigger happy in that position every day. Well, Uh, I actually had a quote and this is my quote. I'm going to try to pull it up. We have the presumption of innocence (laughs) in this country, supposedly. But when the cops have the ability to take our freedom uh, right there on the spot or take our life right there on the spot, that is not the presumption of innocence. But
0: you end up with the same situation, too, uh, in in the other direction. If you end up with a bunch of cops afraid to do their job, you end up with situations like Al Capone. Yeah.
1: That's I, true. Where you're afraid of the criminals and yeah. you
0: end up not well, punishing the That's true to
1: this day. I mean, we had Al Capone when we had cops. I mean. Well, I know, but they were afraid to do their job. Yeah, They were afraid of the criminals at that time. I, and I we didn't put
0: the force out to actually take care of the problem.
1: I don't think making it uh, a degree would bring a lesser caliber. I I don't believe that. I, I mm-hmm. don't think that it's going to bring a bunch of cowering cowards. There's already cowering cowards in the police force Oh, today. there absolutely is. <laughs> I don't, that, yeah. I don't <laughs> think there's
0: any one solution. No. I think people are fallible, and yeah. if you got to have somebody that's got to do a job, then you're yeah. going to have to... There's going to be faults in everybody. I, I just, and you just have I to want deal to with see a higher thing.
1: requirement to weed out some of it. I understand. Um, because I think the ability to take someone's freedom mm-hmm. should not be taken lightly. And we just accept it, that this is a thing. Like uh, And no-knock warrants? What the fuck is that?
0: Well, that uh, should have been illegal a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, like I mean, it is the, now, but I that's it wasn't it Rand
1: Paul was the only one that voted against
0: those, and then they <laughs> yeah. were like, "He's like, hold on, hold on, y'all are throwing a fit, and you yeah. voted for this." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the, the the problem is too; it sh- it's not supposed to be the cops that allows yeah. us to take your freedom away. It's supposed to be the judges. Yeah, and we give that we give us we've given too much of that power to the, the I mean, well, officer. to the police officer Justin, themselves. Uh, I don't know if you can talk about it, but uh, one of the things that is big uh, in uh, my circle of libertarians is a uh, jury nullification yeah. and Al Capone during his time. The reason that these guys can't became such gangsters is because you actually had the majority of the U S being like, don't fucking tell me what to drink. Yeah. Yeah. If I want to get drunk, I
1: will. The, if I want to go swing right. dance with my lady and there's wear scandalous a reason, clothes, I will. Right. Uh, Al Capone and some of the big mafia guys were successful as long as they were. They had the people's backing. Yeah. Al Capone could go into many cities and have a safe place to stay. Yeah. Um, in many cities. And these weren't yeah. gangsters he was staying with. No, yeah. Just regular people. Yeah. Regular people. And when you have the people backing you, I mean, you look at. Uh, even now with the drug cartels, um, mm-hmm. in Mexico, several cities in Mexico, these people are putting people to a gainful employment and feeding entire neighborhoods. The They're
0: this is my thing about the Mexican drug cartels. This is kind of a side passion of mine. Uh Taylor Sheridan's big into this. He does Sicarios the movie about the cartels yeah. and stuff. But when you look at the this from like the uh the minority report view, they are their own government. Yeah.
1: And they're relatively functional in I, a frightening way. There's yeah. a brilliant book uh, called God's Middle Finger. And I can't remember the author's name. He's one of those psychopath journalists that go all in and undercover. Right. He lived on God's Middle Finger for two years, which is a mountain just south of uh, Arizona in Mexico where 90% of the black tar opium that is used in the United States is grown, um, or was, and... Um, And, uh, Literally, they have jets. <laughs> the cartel owns this mountain. They have tanks. They have jets. They are a military force. Yeah. The police will not go to this mountain because they can't win that fight.
0: Wasn't it El Chapo's son that they arrested, and then the cartel just rolled in with technicals? Yeah. A technical for anyone that doesn't yeah. know is a light machine gun, usually a fifty caliber, mounted yeah. on a mobile yeah. platform. It's yeah, they truck. just to went to war against like the
1: cops, and the cops said, "Okay, you can have that." Yeah. They, they were They're like, like we, we, can't "We don't. This winners. is not worth it." Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Especially when there's, I mean, they're not, it's not like the people are mm-hmm. out there pulling everything weapon they have to back the cops yeah, up. They're, yeah. they're standing on the side of the <laughs> cartels. Yeah. And in the same situation, those cartels are are taking advantage of the poverty the same way the yeah. drug dealers are. Yeah. It's really not are. doing what's best for the people. It's, it's just putting food on their plates. Yeah.
1: Which, I mean, I suppose mm-hmm. in the short term is best for the yeah. people. And it's that's just, the thing. Just doesn't when work you're that impoverished, long. you make desperate decisions for the here and now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, when you, Live paycheck to paycheck, it's hard to think of a year from now. Right, it's, you're, not you're saving up. Yeah, for you're thinking about how am I going to feed my kids you're today? Making Sure, the electricity's on it, next month. Exactly. Yeah, um, you're not thinking is this best for my community a year or five right. years from now? You're yeah. thinking how do I eat today? <laughs> and it's a tough choice. I mean, it's like with the immigration thing. Um, I, I, most of, most of the people I've talked to that are super anti-immigration. Mm-hmm. Given the same situation, they would do it. <laughs> yeah. If they knew that their family was starving and they knew they could just travel 100 miles north uh, it, instead of taking five years and never have enough money to actually do it legally. Um, I had a close friend. He was... Uh, he was a private contractor through the U.S. government and he through the military. He had been in the military, but he, he was a private citizen. He was a logistics, I can't remember his exact title, but what he did was test systems. And some of his projects took years. Right. One of the things he tried to do was he made a complete person. He On paper, this person existed. He was a Mexican from Mexico City, impoverished, and he tried to immigrate legally to the United States from Mexico. It took five years and 5000 U.S. dollars uh, to do it legally. And you're talking about people that make less than uh, $1,000 U.S. in a year. Right. <laughs> like, it, it's just not feasible. And I understand that we definitely need... Strong borders, and we have to protect uh, what we have. But I think a lot of those people in the same situation—if you're impoverished and you knew you could break one law and have a better life for you and your kids—would make that decision. Yeah, it, it's a it's a hard thing to say you wouldn't. Um, well,
0: it's it's always easy to take the <clears throat> to take the side of the victim. Yeah, because it's easy to see yourself it in is. that situation. That is, is that is how it works. Actually, there's a psychological principle. Yeah, that. It is easy to present the mindset of the victim to a group. Yeah. And that's how you get, you assemble, I mean, what it boils down to is a voting block. Right. Yeah. Like you're yeah. taking these persons' trauma and transposing it onto another group that feels like there's yeah. something wrong. They have that compassion. We can't tell what it is. So you yeah. say, well, this is what they did wrong. So you're enraged about this. Vote for us, and yeah, that's right. kind of what we're dealing with with the polarization yeah. of America because we get it yeah. going both directions. Yeah, and it is you're so broke because of them. Crazy
1: and, how many victims we yeah. now have in the United well, States. Well, it's the same way you were. T-
0: you, uh, it, it's the it's the dichotomy of the situation you're talking about earlier when yeah. you're when you're impoverished and going paycheck to paycheck. Everything is what I have to have right now because if I don't have the have, if I don't have that right now, we're yeah. hurt. Yeah, the rich. 2% or so that control this country yeah. don't have that problem. What Never. they have Never. is is the luxury to playing things out on a slow game for a very long yeah. period of time. Long periods of time. To gain the most amount of control that they had that they could yeah. possibly get. And they the most amount of money they could so, possibly get. I have to throw this out here. There is a YouTube, I think it's on YouTube show. It may this may be a real show. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. That the Rapper 2 Chains does called yeah. Most. Expensivest. Yeah. Most yeah, expensive is fantastic. Two chains. This guy's gigantic. He's he's so he tall. Was, it's he weird. was a ball player. Yeah, I, I believe that. And he, he's a good rapper, but uh he's just a he's just hilarious. Like he is so shocked by the things he sees. It's like I'm there with him reacting to these ten thousand dollar cats or this yeah. civet yeah. poop yeah. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> you have to watch that. But Clint, what I was talking to my little sister about was that I didn't understand this until later in my life, that there is a market that you can set to the side that entirely exists to be more expensive than everything else. Yeah. It is not superior. Yeah. Uh, With my dual class, with the way I grew up, and with what I do now especially, food is a a tie that binds. We're all there. Prime example I can make... I yeah. promise you, your one of your grandmas has made something that if you gave it to the richest in a restaurant, they would be like, "What is this?" And it's how you as present it, as long as it, as it too. Pretty. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say how as long is pretty. It. but I've heard never, never have I heard <laughs> a better thing. I'm gonna chef rock. He, he'll be on here eventually. He has a quote, and this is a great quote.
1: Salt and pepper will make you famous around here. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, my brother, he one of my favorite quotes he's ever made was, Everyone can cook. I just use more salt than you. That is fantastic. <laughs> That's a real thing, man. It, it and and really the other is. thing was, one
0: of his friends wrote on our group, there's a, a chat where they show like what they're presenting and how they're doing it. He said, presentation is everything. And like a gut punch, he comes in. Yeah, but it's still
1: got to taste good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Like man, that was I, beautiful. I actually saw an interesting interview I'd never seen, just in a rabbit hole on uh, on YouTube, and it was an interview with Eminem, which you either, either like or don't. I respect him as an artist. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a He's incredibly talented. He's one of the best. He really it pisses is. pisses me off that he is, but he yeah. is one of the best. <laughs> but he was talking about how when he first, when the Martha, Marshall Mathers LP dropped, and he mm-hmm. had, he, it was the number one selling album, uh, he was breaking records, he literally would call his manager every time he spent any money to make sure he could afford it. And he's still like that. He was like, look at the outfit I'm in. He's like, how much do you think this outfit costs? his entire outfit he had on cost less than $100. They're like, "Well, what kind of watch is that?" He's like, "That's a $30 watch from Walmart." And he was like, "I I he's like, "I don't want to spend money." <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and it's so opposite of that culture because that culture is, "Look at me, look at all the things I have, all these luxury items." Yeah. That's insane. Like, who needs a $30,000 chain? Like, what serves it, no uh, isn't it uh little
0: Uzi Vert who had a million dollar diamond embedded in his forehead. He had like an implant fixture put in as a as a dermal. Yeah. And it's gotten so it's gotten so bad to the point to where even the rich and eccentric are doing it to make fun of each other. Yeah. Uh, What's that the, the idiot that's Boxing everybody and fighting oh, everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the brothers. The brother, yeah, yeah. The brothers went into one of them with a, it was either a magic or a Yu Gi Oh card that was worth like $10,000 on a chain. Yeah. Just because he could and it was yeah. making fun of all the other stuff. Yeah. The, and now and another
1: rapper like. I just saw interviewed, he's one of the, I have no idea what his name is. Uh-huh. It's little something. Uh, he had just gotten one a Yu-Gi-Oh! chain that was more expensive than that guy's to show well, that's to, just M- I, Now
0: let Now, let me throw this random, random sidebar out there, too. There's a rapper called Fat Nick, yeah. and he raps with the Buffet Boys out yeah. of Florida. Yeah. They're actually good, it's yeah. catchy, it's funny, he, yeah. he is hilarious looking, he doesn't care. In one of his videos, I think it's PSA is the name of the video, he has his graded Pokemon cards laying on the <laughs> yeah. table yeah. with some guns. Yeah. Yeah. He's just trolling the yeah. whole thing, man. Yeah. It's trolling. It. That's um, what the brothers were doing, was making yeah, fun
1: of it. They yeah. were.
0: And then some dude comes out and does it <laughs> yeah, one-up really. on the stupid yeah. card
1: around the neck. Yeah. Uh <laughs> little Wayne actually uh got arrested with a gold 45. Yes. Ent- it, the gun did not work because yeah. the entire thing was gone. Yeah. <laughs> on, his, on his private jet. I'm like, listen, cops,
0: <laughs> if you have to go on a private jet to hit someone up for felony gun possession. You are right. fishing yeah. deep. Yeah. That's insane, man. Yeah, that is. is insane. I know people around here that probably should not own the guns they do and hunt every year. They get a yeah. license, they do yeah. it right.
1: Yeah. Uh, mm, I, Lil Wayne did up. Uh, Kind of a heart-wrenching interview, though. Uh, he is actually an intelligent person. Extremely. You would never know that yeah. um, by some of his antics. But he did this interview. He had found a gun in his house when he was 12 and shot himself in the chest accidentally. Yes, because he was actually... He, he says he was mad at his mother.
0: Yeah. So he planned it but yeah. did not realize the gun would work. Yeah. So it was and kind of like a he said
1: thing. that... Five cops showed up. They were all looking for drugs or other guns. They stepped over his body. They said they had called an ambulance. One guy, he was like, one guy stopped and was like, what are you guys doing? Like, this kid's dying. They're like, oh, the ambulance is on the way. He's like, no, we have to get him now. It loaded him up. He's like, that man... I know him as Uncle Bob. Yep. He is a white man. The two guys that stepped over my body were as black as I am. He's like, don't tell me that we're in a race war. He was like, "Yep, uh, we're not. He's like, the only reason we are is because they told us to be. He is like, he saved yeah. my life. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, yeah, that was his job. But two, three other people... Stepped right over him to get the drugs, or the well, they Completed thought they reality. were going to get a bust yes. out uh, of it.
0: This is an insane fact about that. He shot himself in the chest with a forty four. Yeah, that gone yeah. man. He How did he survive that? He yeah. was so skinny, I bet that yeah. it went through. But that's just, just missed the a .44 caliber half. hole, man. Yeah. So this is a crazy random, random story. The his back had to uh, Well, that's the that's the thing though with uh, with bullets. Distance matters, yeah. yeah. So, if it's made to expand at a certain feet per second, if you're yeah. right on top of the muzzle, it go doesn't expand, and it'll so yeah. it's through. So through and through yeah. poke, yeah. So, he probably just got poked through a lung, yeah. But it's still like I said, oh yeah. um, still my, still a God, my that's a 44 caliber. That's a mean that's the size of your thumb. Yeah. With uh, I rem- I'll never forget this when uh, pistol caliber rifles became legal, the stores here were flooded with single shot. 44 mag and 357 were your primary ones. There were some yeah. other ones, but the 45 long Colt was another one that was real common. Uh it it, it kind of fizzled out. It, 40 44 magnum became the most popular well, one. Well, when this hit, they were everywhere. And I had a friend of mine who's another hunter, avid hunter. He hunts every year. He came up to me and he said, "Hey, man, I got this 44 on trade. Do you want it?" He's like, "I, I got a 20 gauge." So I said, "No, dude, take that thing out there and try it once this year." And He right. said, "Well, it's not going to do any better than 20 gauge. It's a big old bullet, right?" <laughs> Seven eighth ounce slug. I'm like, give it a try, man. I was like, there's a lot more that goes into stopping a deer and punching a hole in them. Yeah. Yeah. He got with me at the end of the year and he's like, man, he's like, you were right. He said, every deer I shot didn't move but yards off of where I hit him. It's a kinetic force. He he said, it it hit him so hard. He's like, I've never seen anything like this. The problem, I, I went because for several years in Indiana, they went through about six years where they allowed the it, was, it wasn't pistol caliber rifles. It was a, it was a set of parameters which pretty much limited you if, for stuff that was old. It had the to be a thirty-five caliber bore, which was a the 35 weirdest Thirty-five or thing. more, and it had yeah. to be like one point seven inch casing or shorter. You told um, me people were
1: trimming their case. They trimmed uh, the 35 Remington
0: After six years, they they upped it a little bit, which included a few more basic ones. Uh, I, for years, I used the 35 Remington because the 35 Remington brass is 1.92 inches. Yeah, you yeah. can trim and, it 10,000. And the, the max length is 1.8 inches. So, 120 thousandths of an inch is That's all we insane. had to trade and shave off the brass to make it state legal. legal. That's insane. Uh, and they will caliper you. I yeah. promise you this. Yes, they, they have them there. Or yeah. they got a scale at least. Yeah. But to this day, I have not used a better round for whitetail deer 35-35 Remington. I, right. It hits them like the hammer of Thor. Really? But for for years, I used a forty four Magnum. Yeah, uh, and uh, I've got a cousin who's a really—I mean, he's a much better shot than me, and that's saying something. Um, and he does a lot of his own reloading and testing of bullets and stuff. And I usually just for wildcat rounds like that. I usually just have him make them up for me, and I pay him for the yeah. for the trouble of doing so. Um, he was making like your average forty-four magnum bullet has a muzzle velocity of about eleven hundred feet per second. Yeah, right. We were doing our forty-four magnums loaded for a rifle at somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty-one hundred feet per second. Oh my lord and uh, what was we, he using we, rifle powder uh, black just a, a smokeless powder for a rifle he just yeah, had, he was, right. he, well he was going to okay well, well and it's a big difference shooting it out of rifle. yes as well as it's a a huge because the breech is like massively <laughs> yeah. thick most of your uh, most of your pistols are going to be revolvers and they have thin webs yes and so they to used, to he had it. to be using something out of the books okay it, just for everybody that's not up on this your standard like semi-automatic pistol cartridge is going to use a very fast burning powder your Magnum pistol cartridges are going to use a mid-burning powder because you have to have it burn a little slower to push that bullet out of the barrel. Yeah. You're using a lot more of it. Yeah. What he's talking about is you're going into rifle territory. Which is slow burning. Super slow burning for a pistol. Yeah. yeah. Which that is still way faster than anybody that That's, doesn't know what the, we're talking about would comprehend. Yeah. But it, it's a much mm-hmm. slower burning because you got a whole lot more barrel to burn it yeah. in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we were shooting somewhere around a thousand feet per second at muzzle velocity, faster than your average 44 Magnum, which is your. Uh, for the people who don't know, talking about uh, the uh, dirty, dirty, dirty Harry, Harry pistol was yeah. a 44 Magnum, um, and we were using Hornady XTPs, yep. uh, which are a uh, brass Genius. brass enc- encased lead bullet with a hollow point. They. Did an extremely good job on deer, but the the meat loss was insane really? because of because of the, the because energy, because of the the energy transfer yeah. into the deer. Uh, the entrance would them. be okay. The exit, you would lose a pie plate sized chunk of meat that oh, would all be, wow. in, I mean, entirely gone. That's like, there's crazy. no saving it whatsoever. That is crazy. now in Indiana, there is a rule that it has to be soft point
1: or hollow point. Yes, I, you can't
0: do full metal jackets. So either. I'm not nearly it's as knowledgeable just way, it's about too unsafe. ammo
1: as you two are, but I keep on reading these articles about Creedmoor.
0: Uh, 6.5 Creedmoor, 6. and and it, Creedmoor it is the trend like of, it's a,
1: of the Lord right now. It seems yeah. like it's a pretty controversial topic because it's, like it's one of those things you either love or hate is what it seems like. Mm-hmm. Like I read the comments in these uh, gun sites and they're like, fuck. So fuck 6.5 Creedmoor, blah, blah, blah. And then other people are singing its praises. What do well, you guys uh, feel uh, on
0: Creedmoor? I had one yeah. uh, about five years ago when they were first coming up and being this big, fantastic round. I bought one. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was in just a basic Savage Axis. Shot incredibly well. I shot uh, uh, sub three... Sub three quarters of an inch at a hundred, which three, an inch at a hundred is what we it's call 0.75 minute MOA. of angle MOA. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sub MOA, which is fantastic. Um, it, and if you wanted, if you wanted a caliber that punches paper and wins you contest, you cannot beat a six point five Creedmoor. Yeah, um, I used a soft nose bullet. No, at the time we didn't have, we didn't have a lot of. Uh, they they didn't have bonded bullets for six point five at all. They didn't have bonded, and around here in the small town, we didn't have a whole lot of options to begin with. I tried about a half a dozen different kinds, like any. Responsible rifle shooter will do, and found what it liked best. And I ended up using a Hornady Match, which is a soft nose, yep. solid, solid lead uh, bullet, <clears throat> and it shot really well. Shot sub MOA. Uh, you're talking this this gun. Set 0 to 200 yards. I could use the same crosshair from 0 to 400 yards and never have more than about an 8-inch drop. Wow. Uh, It is an incredible round as far as just on paper goes. I shot three deer with it that year. Uh, The first deer was about 120 yards. Put it right behind her shoulder. Perfect double lung. She ran about 200 yards, which is about 120 yeah. yards further than your average for a double lung shot. Really? She ran about 200 yards, and luckily she ran along the edge of a picked bean field, so I, I mean, she wasn't hard to you find. track her. But for about the first 100 yards of it, she didn't let her a little single little. drop yep. of blood. Not is one. It just, not, it
1: just doesn't have a punch it,
0: to it? it? it, it, it it's mm-hmm. such a fast bullet that you have to really, really... Tune your bullets in to expand so, on a deer. This is what happened with 6.5 Creedmoor. 6.5 Creedmoor is a 308 Winchester neck down to 6.5 millimeter. They have found through time that 6 millimeter, 6.5 millimeter yeah. are some of the best rounds to have a ballistic coefficient that carries the weight to get out there to a thousand yards. That's kind of in the goal. Yeah. So yep. for your sharpshooter. you see this random. Din- you see this random dynamic here. Okay. 6.5 is coming up and most 6.5 shooters are benchrest shooters. They're shooting yeah. for groups. They're shooting the Hornady uh Vmax, you know, they have the <clears throat> varmint bullets. They're not okay. bonded, they're a thin jacket, they'll explode when they yeah. hit. Yeah. And then you have the opposite of this, which is the 270 Winchester. 270 is a 30-06, which is a long action cartridge yeah. necked down to 277. Okay. Yeah. When I started with 270, because I said, hey, this is a fucking horsepower round, man. This thing is is. like going to be cool. One of the best deer rounds. And they're everywhere around here. Yeah. Yeah. I had no luck finding match grade bullets so that I could go out to the PRS and shoot up to 500 yards. Really? Right. All of them were soft point rounded point all of these rounds you'd see for like hunting caribou and stuff. Really? So I thought that was a little weird and then when they did the Indiana laws, the one bullet you one ca- uh, caliber you could not use for the longest time was 270. That's weird. Really? Because That's of all of the bullets they had built were designed to take game. This yeah. cartridge was born of being the 30-06 battle rifle. That's the M1 Garand. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> made to be a game cartridge. The, 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 the very intelligent people back in the day had said, if we neck this down to 277, we can do these bullet profiles. It'll yep. stop game all yeah. the way. I think yeah. they said that it would stop any game from here all the way north to the top. Like, mm. you can stop elk with it was the big thing. Yeah, yeah they've, so they've killed moose with them. White-tailed yeah. deer to elk to moose. Yeah, yeah. so that's not very elk. common. Moose are usually your magnum rounds, your 300-win yeah. yeah. magnum, your 7 It's still mag. a power-up so it, it has been used to kill moose. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's a fan. Probably... One, Between it and the 30-out-six is like the two tit-for-tat most popular uh, hunting rounds of all time. Yeah, Yeah. so your your 6.5 is all of these old FUD long-action rounds, uh, hip cousin. Yeah. And it was started out by guys that I've shot with. I've shot out there at Switzerland County Gun Club. And these guys are insane. Really? They have custom built bolt actions. They're we're talking. They're separated by like quarter of an inches. To yep. Who wins their wow. competitions? Yeah, that's so crazy. that's where that comes from. Six milli- I know a uh, six millimeter PRC is another one that's coming yeah, up. PRC is another. There's one so that's... many Wildcats like this that are yeah, yeah. awesome. But you have to look at who's making the bullets, what they're made for, and what they do. Uh, six point five was started at the start, to, I believe, to be a military round. They were yeah. thinking, hey, yeah, we'll go sure. down to this yeah. and we'll have this. Uh, you it's know, a super distance. hot round. If you wanted right. a sniper rifle, you couldn't do better than a. Couldn't do round better. Round. You can't do better because it, it's <sighs> it's very flat planed. Yeah. Uh, you're shooting 130 super grain bullet. Uh, the yeah. highest one I've ever seen was 141 grain. Yeah. Usually anywhere between like 115 to 140 grains yeah. uh, is the weight of the bullet at a super 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 high rate of yes. speed. It was like 3,000 feet per second at the muzzle. Yep. Yeah. Uh an incredible amount. And, uh, as far as the efficacy for uh for hunting goes, it goes back to the same thing I was talking about with the forty-four mags. The bullets yeah. are designed to expand at certain feet per second. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so the reason the pro- I shot three deer with that year, had trouble with each one, and I made perfect shots on every one of them. I remember you telling uh, me that had yeah. I made a marginal shot on any of them, I don't think I would have found them. And it all, come, it it all comes woods. back to that design of being able to expand at a certain yeah. feet per second. In Indiana, a far shot is 100 to 150 yards. Okay. Very rarely do I ever have to shoot beyond that. I, I can count on one hand and have fingers left over how many times I've shot over 120 yards in my life at a deer um and 6.5 is just not made to expand at those ranges so it's just poking a through and through hole yep. yeah. and it's just i mean almost no blood it doesn't do the expansion so there's no shock to the system yeah. inside and you need that um, punch to so if you're out if you're hunting if you're hunting pronghorn out west and you're shooting 400 yards across a prairie at a at an 80 pound animal yeah it's gonna do fantastic on gonna drop them on the spot man it's gonna be fantastic yeah. But most of the country is not shooting 400 yeah. plus yards at yeah. animals. They're shooting 200 or less, and the 6.5 is really not it's optimal. For that. I said for when that. They, I said when they did it that I thought 44 was ideal. I did not realize at the time that 35 Remington would become this like legendary cartridge that rolled up, and because of 35 Remington, there exists now. This is how wild we are. Yeah. The legend. Uh, there exists a cartridge that was specifically built to feed in AR-15 magazines called the 350 Legend. <laughs> it's, it's actually, it was developed in Indiana about uh, 10 to 12 years ago. Yeah. was the first state in the west uh, east of the Mississippi to uh allow this specific like weirdly specific rifle cartridge range the 35 since was did it. yeah. since its introduction every state surrounding us and a few others have taken it on even some that have allowed rifles in the past have actually closed them down to what we allow Real. winchester developed the 350 legend to fit that niche and yep. they developed it specifically to actually fit not only that niche but also the AR-15 yeah. type, type of, of rifle. Yep. So because for some reason at the same time the AR-15 came up as this big popular thing yeah. to go it out and like I don't want it as home production. Gun. It's my near gun, yeah. but for whatever reason and th- and. It is the closest proximity of a thirty-five Remington that you can get it's on almost the market right again. now that you can actually go to your basic gun shop and buy ammo for. It, will. it isn't a thirty-five Remington. I've used one now for the last three years. Mm-hmm. I've had a three-fifty Legend, and it does pretty darn good. Yeah, but it does not hit deer like the Hammer of Thor, like the thirty-five Remington <laughs> does. <laughs> well, let me tell you something about thirty-five Remington. I helped develop the load with my neighbor up the road, who has shot. Clint, I think he's ahead of you. I think he shot six this year. Between him and his family. Right, yeah. right. Like, and they don't leave. They're on their property up there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. when he was loading these, he was like, hey, and this is a story that goes back earlier to Clint's 44 Magnum thing. He said, what do you know about loading an H-335 in these? Oh, God. H-335? I said, that's, that's a rifle powder, man. I'm like, how, how strong is your action? He's like, it's a, it's a break action. I'm like, okay. Right.
1: <laughs> so was that a single
0: shot? Single shot break okay, action. Yeah, and so they to, were pushing these things. Dramatic. I went and targeted him in with him. I, an I, I, I held this thing out yeah, behind my head and fired it a oh. few times for him. <laughs> and I was just shocked. I was like, okay, dude, yeah, these these are cool. I also helped him make a three fifty seven Magnum that uh, he'd lost a deer the year before. Yeah. And uh three fifty seven Magnums are a little on the light side. He had a he had a powder drop problem and uh he gave me three of his rounds <laughs> and I fired two and they're like these are way too weak and I fired the last one and the primer fell out of my wrist. Oh, it was wow. like the sun went off in my hand, and, yeah. and I was like, dude, something's wrong with these. We pulled them all Golden down. So, you have like seven <laughs> grains, seven grains, 30 <laughs> grains. Like, how did you even fit that inside there? Right. But he found out there was a mud dauber nest in his, his oh. dad. Get, this is real common around here, guys. You're, you'll get these hand-me-downs for reloading stuff. And his dad had given him this.
1: So he'd drop like three drops
0: and it'd give a little trickle and then it'd give the whole bag. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh. A little back up to the 44 Magnum thing—it was the the thing that actually convinced me to leave 44 Magnum. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was right about like the year after they opened it up to a few more things to the right um, cartridges. Yeah. I, I said that my cousin did a lot of my reloading for me. Well, that particular year, we had a hard time finding the X, the Hornady XDP mm-hmm. that we normally do. It was—you uh, got a hold of me that the year. first time. Yeah. I think Obama was the president, and we had that little. Um, Mm-hmm. ammunition shortage that everybody was freaking out and yeah. component shortage stuff. was crazy yeah. and uh, so anyway he uh, he had made up some rounds from some Winchester bullets that was in there and we didn't realize he had bought them because they were available yeah <laughs> from uh, Midway USA shout mm-hmm. out to them they have a ton of stuff if you're into shooting they have pretty much what you need if it's available Yeah, but anyway And he bought these Winchesters and didn't think anything of it. He made me up a box of them. I shot them and and, and sighted into them. It wasn't much of an adjustment. They did pretty good. Yeah. Um, I went out to uh, Crosley Fish and Wildlife Area, which is here in southern Indiana, and uh, shot a little buck. Shot him super close, maybe 40 yards. And uh, he only went maybe 40 yards or so, and I found him and didn't think much of it. Well, when I was field dressing, and when I was uh, butchering him, I do all my own meat processing. Uh, I noticed that his chest was just bruised, like really? beyond anything, like beyond anything I've had ever seen before. Like right. it wasn't just like a round yeah, bullet hole. I remember hole. this. The bullets it were was, blowing up. Yeah. yeah, it and it was like his entire rib cage, both sides. And I shot him wow. point on, like like shooting in a shirt pocket if he was wearing a shirt. And it was just ever his entire rib cage was bruised, and I didn't find a single hole in any of his vital organs. Really, it was just. But his heart was black, and his lungs were black. Wow. Well, the I didn't think I didn't think exploded. too much of it. I thought, well, you know, at the time, I was like, well, maybe I maybe I clipped a limb or something, you know, yeah. whatever. And I went out uh, like a week later and hunted, and had three does come in and shot the first one quarter to me right behind the shoulder. Pow! She took off running. Yep. And the other scattered, but didn't go very far. The next one stepped out. I shot her at nine yards in the wreck, dead in the chest, down that shirt pocket like I was talking about before. And she ran about 40 or 50 yards and piled up. And uh, I went over and found her, fine. Went back, tried to track the one that I'd shot behind the shoulder. Never could find her. Tracked her, tracked her for 500 plus yards. Well, long story short, the second one that I shot was just her ribcage cage was mush, really. Yeah. So I contacted my cousin and was talking to him about it. He pulled up that box of bullets and looked, and those said on there in smaller writing than it should have, considering the situation at the time. Yeah, uh, with the rifle caliber or the pistol caliber rifles that were yeah. being shot. In smaller letters than it should have, it said "for pistol use only, made to expand at 900 feet per second. Oh shit! I, I was hitting these deer at approximately 800 feet per second, so they were hitting these deer like a hand grenade. Yeah, they're exploding they were going in contact. about two inches and just exploding in every. That's direction. your varmint bullet. That's exactly That's what's insane. happening. Way oh my god! Awesome. If you talk, you talk about a perfect home defense bullet. Mm-hmm. You talk about somebody yeah. not being able to make it Past your front doorstep once they kick in the door <laughs> yeah. That is the thing you want to do And it's never going <laughs> to hit your neighbor's house yeah. They're not even yeah. going to know what happened yeah. As soon as it hits yeah. a leaf <laughs> of sense. grass This yeah. thing is blowing up yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> And nobody's taking a step further once it hits them So what's
1: your favorite uh, deer round 35 uh,
0: no, okay. yeah, the 35 Remington is the best. Um the only the only problem I have with the 35 Remington it was made for a cowboy action which uh, it's is rimmed, a, yeah. it's a lever action. Um and the lever actions don't have quite the accuracy that like a bolt action or something like oh, that okay. does. If they would ever make a 35 Remington in a bolt action, I would probably buy one and never look back cuz you're talking about a gun. Uh if I zeroed 150 yards, between zero and 250 yards, I really don't have to take a guess. No com- yeah. I just, I just put, put it on the crosshair one I you want go. to hit. Yeah, I'm yeah. either hitting two inches high or three inches low. And on a deer, you'll never know you didn't draw that dot yeah. any better than what you hit at that distance. If you know how to shoot, if you know where the crosshair is going to be, your oh my dividing line. It's not yeah. going to matter. Yeah. 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 Uh, if they would, if they would make a gun like that, I'd, I'd, I'd never look back. I could probably get you one. I can um, probably look around, man. Probably so, yeah. Uh, I'm not big on the Uh, Mm AR-15s. I mean, they're fine. I don't have anything against them. Anybody that wants to use them have at them. They feel like I'm holding a crescent wrench in the field. They're just utilitarian. They feel just yeah. all metal and just kind of bleh yeah. feeling in my hand. I like a little bit of sexiness with my rifle. You want, you uh, want that walnut. I like yeah. that smooth, flowing burrowing line. And, if it doesn't have a burl in it, it's not worth yeah. having. Yeah. Well, right now I'm shooting uh, my big gun. I'm going on an elk hunt at the end of this coming yeah, month. Seven at, millimeter. At the end of, it's a 7mm mag. I got mm-hmm. it in the Axis uh, 110 Timberline, and it is a sexy little rifle now. Oh, my God, it's beautiful. But uh, uh, I mean, I shot a deer with it this year uh, just because I didn't want to go all the way halfway across the country and yeah. with a gun that wasn't tested. Yeah. I, I've never in my life seen a deer hit harder than this. I actually kind of felt bad for the deer. <laughs> uh, I mean, it literally, it blew a softball sized chunk of the lung into and blocked the exit hole wow uh and I, when i was field dressing it, it you always go all the way up through the rib cage and cut the esophagus out and then you take the rest of it out well i had i didn't even pay attention i had when i set my knife down i had a little bit of gut matter on my on my knife and i was like ah crap i must have nicked the gut i haven't done that in years yeah didn't think much of it wiped it off pulled it on out of there and the meat was fine i went back to hunting for a little while it wasn't until I hung it up on the gambrel in my garage and was, I always take the esophagus all the way out to the chin when I'm hanging them for a few days that I noticed that it had hit him so hard with so much boomph that it actually made him regurgitate gut matter all the way to his throat. Oh, That's I mean, it just filled his esophagus with gut matter. Oh. I mean, just, I mean, hard. It's too much bullet. It yeah. is. It, it's too it's much, much round. Pull. And this was a button buck. So this was an eight month old deer, right? Yeah. probably field dress somewhere in the neighborhood of 75 pounds. He was a good size for the, for that age, yep. but he was yeah. a small white tail deer.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and I shot him at about 80, 85 yards. Yeah. Um, uh, Fairly close for seven millimeter. Uh, yeah, it's just too much gun for around here. Uh, yeah. I mean, it r- really is. Well, my I man, uh, there's been situations where you can sit on edges of fields and shoot for a long ways, but honestly, I of the 200 hunters that I know and talk to every year, maybe 10 of them have the have the yeah. skill to shoot that far and don't really, you know, nobody really needs it around here. You're but not going to do it. You're not. It's listen. If you're taking a shot like that. And you have not been sitting at your buddy's four to 500 yard range, which Switzerland County Gun Range has this. Yeah. It's not ethical. So yeah. just wait. Just wait. It's been a bumper crop for deer this year. Everybody's been getting deer. <sighs> yeah. Everybody. Most everybody. Fantastic, it's, it's been a really man. good year. Great year. Um, there's been some question of whether it has to do with cicadas. I know I brought that up before. They eat them? Uh, well, everything, even plant eaters, everything that I've seen that eats, eats cicadas. And but more than anything, and this is what I was bringing up before when we were talking about it, was it's not that the deer are eating them, it's the fact that everything that preys on stuff yeah. eats cicadas. So yeah. all the foxes that were going to eat the all newborn the babies, chickens. all the coyotes that we going to get them for the next two weeks
1: are all gorged on this these This is cicadas. a fact because
0: I had a top tier predator. I had a house cat.
1: Yeah.
0: They lived outside. I'm allergic to cats, guys. Like, yeah. I can't have cats inside. We, we did for a bit. My dad did, but I did not live here at the time. I lived in Bloomington. So. Yeah. I had to pull the carpet up from this home and put hardwood down because <laughs> yeah. of that. Uh, but we had a cat, and the cat would not eat its food. And that yes. was so weird to me. Yeah. So I remember this. This is this was not this emergence, it was the one before. I caught a cicada and threw it to him, and that cat crunched that thing up like yeah. it was drugs and was and we're so excited like, about one, it.
1: One of the things I read with this last crop of cicadas, they talked about just the fertilizer that they create. Uh, makes all the plant life uh, boom. So you... uh... It just feeds the entire food chain. We're, we're just on uh, a different from the cycle, ground guys. Cicadas like, are a gift from the
0: gods. They yeah. really yeah. are. I mean, they help the they help reset the cycle every yeah. 17 years. Yeah. Uh, the predator-prey cycle. That would make so much uh, sense. The, the fertilizing cycle of yep. the plants. Yeah. yeah. Everything yeah. is made better. They don't eat. Once they're up, yeah. they don't eat. They don't they they even have all the ability. They are in the ground for 17 years. They eat They groves, eat things yeah. you'll never see. Yeah. Stuff like that. But once they're up, their only job is to breed and feed everything. And then everything underneath there Their food is going to have a year or two where they're flourishing, yeah. <laughs> so that soil's like, being restored, yeah, and they reproduce on such a massive scale that, that the, all the stuff that keeps our soil healthy earthworms yeah. and moles and stuff. I know moles are a pain in the ass in your yard, but they're very, yeah, very beneficial to the soil, yeah. yeah. All those things benefit or directly I, feed I mean, off of the cicada.
1: I think, uh, and I don't know if this. Can be scientifically proven. I'm sure it can. It feels like they're one of the few things that give more back to the take, environment than they take out oh of the environment. Yeah. Because uh, of how they they take this locked,
0: they take everything from the soil, locked, deep and they bring it to yeah. the top. They and bring they it all up. The stuff stuff that's too deep for us to reach on our superficial every day, every year type of cycle that we're digging and planting, digging and planting, they're coming from feet down and coming up. Yeah. And giving all the stuff back, and it lays Bring back on top of the soil. They are, I, I mean, I, I meant that literally. They are a gift from, what, I don't yeah. know like if you want to call
1: it God, or gods, or whatever. John. The, you know, they're yeah, they're a gift from God. Praise him. Yeah. But, <laughs> I, I heard an entomologist interviewed when they were first coming out this year, and she is studying how they know the surface uh, because they uh-huh. can't figure it out after 17 years they're blind yeah uh, they're deaf like they blind deaf and dumb <laughs> for yeah. 17 years and, and then when they get them on the surface they're like
0: oh! all at, the same, no!
1: at the same time such a thing. that's the crazy part <laughs> uh, at the same time they all know, I know. it's fuck time <laughs> like uh, I'm going to grow some wings, and yeah. you bitches is hit. To reaction
0: to the oxygen, I no, there's do. no
1: shyness in cicadas. They yeah. all
0: come up, and the male's like, <laughs> <laughs> Ah! <Yeah>. Fuck me! <laughs> Man, imagine being the one shy cicada. Yeah. <laughs> come up, and you don't have the balls I to do it. three days,
1: and I still can't talk Emo to all cicada. The one beta it's male it's cicada. I've like, been working on like, this like, line for 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Ah! Uh, <laughs> I can't deliver it guys, Yeah I can't purpose. deliver it <laughs> Telling all his buddies Like Dude I think it's a good line Just get out there good man bro, I'm, Just I'm, sing, I it, sing it Sing it <laughs> Like that See watch me You got all the douchebag cicadas Just singing just there Just fucking <laughs> score, oh, man Left and right Yeah <laughs> They're like yeah. Roid raging As they come out yeah. The
0: one guy That's got a low T problem Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh guys, <laughs> we gotta awesome. we gotta stop. It. Yeah, we gotta wrap it up. <laughs> We're too far out yeah. there. Oh my God, horny skaters, guys. Yeah. <laughs> gotta hey, love that. we have a reverence for everything in this world. Yeah. If yes, you don't know really that cool. yet, like we do, I don't care what's wrong with you or what yeah. you think about yourself. No. We, we would probably just love to spend yes. some time and talk to you yeah. yeah, you have to be really uninteresting for us to not enjoy oh my time. god you'd have to be boring as hell yeah but yeah. Uh, but even at the, I know we have some polarizing ideas at, at mm-hmm. times and we discuss them well nobody yeah. gets hurt feelings and yeah. that's the way we are with anybody yeah uh, I, do, I, I am no none of us are any are too deep into a topic that we won't hear out the other yeah. side absolutely yeah. uh, we will discuss anything you want to discuss mm-hmm. so uh, bring it up talk to us about it anything you want to know there's little we haven't gone through yeah right, right. <laughs> the only collective. thing the only thing we avoid is direct to the point politics. Yes. We will get into the minutia, the edges yeah. of that, but we will never just go in and be like, "Oh, uh, this guy, vote yes. oh, for this guy cuz this yeah. guy sucks." Yeah, yeah. They all suck. And that's just <laughs> to
1: keep the drama at a minimum. Where that's not what this yeah. is about. This is about an exchange of ideas. Yeah. And we talk about politics, but not in a Direct tribalistic way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not going to tell you who we're voting for or anything like that. We're no, going to talk about ideas. About. Yeah, and we want to be able to present ideas and discuss them because that's how you learn and grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need more of that. We need more safe conversation yeah. where you know you're not going to piss the other person off. The lack uh, of I,
0: conversation is what has led to the polarization. Of and that's yeah. that's why I think this entire conversation. Yeah,
1: and. None of us are convinced that we're always right, um, but we're we're okay with being wrong, and that's how you have to approach conversation. I've been wrong at least half my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a win. Yeah. It happens. I think so. I think yeah. so. Like you're yeah. you're
0: under the seventy five percent mark. You're doing all right, and if you yeah. recognize that. You're in the column, guys. Yeah. Come on, just yeah. just go for it. So, yeah. thanks everyone
1: again. We love you guys. We Absolutely. love we
0: love you so much. I don't. You know, we will drop these episodes sometimes, and hardly anyone listens to them. But we don't care. Yeah. Those few people that listen, yeah. We respect you. We love you, and we yeah. hope hope one day this is our image. This is our imprint. We we're leaving this for you all.
1: Yeah.
0: And hopefully, it makes the world a better we place. Pack ten people. Yeah. That's ten people better. Ten yeah. people better, and maybe one of them. We'll be that one. Thanks, everyone. Throw away kids. Keep dumpster diving. Keep dumpster Dumpster diving. diving. Praise God.